to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. And week 17 is upon us. The end of the regular season. It seems like it takes so long to get here and then just goes by in the blink of an eye. So much to talk about. There's head coach firings, there's Black Monday, there's college football, there's games to preview and we've got to get and look forward to the playoffs. Oh, Ollie, I'm so excited, yet still hungover from New Year's. This is the Gridiron Show! Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tour, Sports Travel for Sports Fans by Sports Fans. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter are in your studio. Let's just get round some plugs first of all before we start chatting. At Gridiron on Twitter, make sure you get on there. Gridiron-magazine.com, the predictor game. I have a three-game lead over the pack going into the final weekend. Do you? If I don't go bold, if I just pick all the favourites, then I will probably win it. Do you? Yeah, do you I, have a three-game lead? Do I, you? I have to go online and do a really ball ache of a way round of correcting the fact that I didn't press submit last week. You've got a week you didn't do that. So I'm going to go in and fix yeah. that all tomorrow morning so it's ready for the Sunday games. We'll tweet out the league table, but I got 9 out of 16 last week. Uh, go back and check it if you want to listen back to the old podcast, which puts me at a three-game advantage over the pack, which is exciting stuff. I'm going to win whatever the prize is. I don't get to win whatever the prize is. Whoever's in second does. Yeah, I won, I won Should a, I just tank this week just to make it fair? Don't tank. Don't tank. But I've won two weeks. Well done, buddy. No that week, for you. That week that you, uh, you didn't... You still haven't put on my, my picks. I won that week as well. Oh, yeah. The weeks you didn't press submit happen to be the weeks you win. What a surprise. Ah! Uh, uh, play, there's going to be so much for us to talk about uh, this week. Obviously, there's been plenty of news, plenty coming up as well. Uh, our Super Bowl party will be announced in the coming week or so. So keep an eye out for that at Gridiron Ooh. and on your emails as well. That's going to be really exciting. Please don't make plans until you've heard what we've got planned. It's going to be very exciting. I teased the top-end interview this week. Actually... Uh, it's not quite come off, but we are going to speak with this person in the postseason. I can tell you it's a Hall of Famer <gasps> is associated with this person. That's all I'm going to say for now, but it's going to be great stuff when we get round to speaking. It- oh, don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I can get it, first edit point of the podcast uh, is going to be me beeping you out saying who it is. <laughs> but if I can get it, everyone else has got it. Yeah, probably. But that's, that was an easy clue. That was too easy. Was it too? So I bleep out the clue as well. Yeah, uh, brilliant. So I now bleeped out the clue <laughs> and the person uh, as well. So you're a disgrace. Uh, sorry about that. I made it too easy. Uh, um, there was also a, a huge bit of news in the last. Oh, we want to talk some college football. Basically, next week we're going to finally get around to doing our college preview ahead of the Monday night college final. We're going to do a Black Monday and Week 17 review. We're going to do our regular season awards show and we're going to preview the first round of the playoffs. So we're going to have three podcasts out, maybe even four next week. I couldn't possibly say and we'll get working a guest or two into that. It's going to be loads of fun. Are we going to see Clancy again? Uh, Simon Clancy. I've forgotten what his voice sounds like. Well, Simon Clancy was going to come on with us today but then he got offered tickets to go to West Ham Liverpool and chose that over us. Prick. What a prick. Uh, uh, so all of that's going to be coming next week. Of course, the huge news from the NFL this week involves a man who, coming into the league, many expected him to revolutionise the offence that he was joining. 
uh, a really successful first two seasons, led his team to a 10-6 and six record, you know, fantastic record in playoff football, and then it all went wrong for him after that. I am, of course, talking about Josh Freeman rejoining the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> at the quarterback position. <laughs> you don't understand how long I formulated that joke for in my head before we started the show. And it's not like you've ever done a joke like that ever before <laughs> on the show. People like a little bit of repetitiveness <laughs> in their humour. Everyone knows that... It's uh, the cornerstone of British humour. You are right. Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows that the two rules of comedy are timing and uh, something else. Is it uh, Josh Lindley, your next joke? (laughs) No, it's not. I, of course, (laughs) am talking about the genius Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly lost his job at the Philadelphia Eagles this week, apparently because of the trajectory the Eagles were heading in meant that he was going to get fired, whatever happened. So Black Monday is coming this Monday, and we've asked you on Twitter, basically... Who do you think is going to be going and who do you think is going to be staying and who's going to be a surprise and who is not? So we've got all your Twitter answers and we've got our answers as well. But let's talk about Chip Kelly first, Ollie. Called it. Because you and I have very different opinions on this. I called it, man. They've got to get rid of him. Absolute nonsense. Oh, no, look, the, the way that he uh, blew the budget, bringing in players. Everyone thought that DeMarco Murray would be a bust. He was, I think... Uh, some of the other things that he did, getting rid of LeSean McCoy, ludicrous, and then the way that they lost some of those games, 40 points in three consecutive games for the first time ever, or, you know, since the 1950s, the Eagles were were on a downward spiral, and I think it was the right decision. Chip Kelly has made some terrible decisions as a GM. I'm not denying that at all. And we do, uh, The fact of the matter is, there's no one who truly knows what the conversation between Chip Kelly and the owners of the Eagles was, whether or not this, it, they supposedly told him he needed to give up player control, uh, and he said no, because since he's come out, he said that in his next job, he doesn't need or want to have control of the players. I think he's had a little taste of the GM life and thrown it away. I actually think, and this is we're going to be talking about who's going, who's coming. I think an, a, an outside bet that it's worth getting some money on right now is Chip Kelly in San Francisco next season. Yeah. Tom Gamble was absolutely his man when he was at the Eagles. Howie Rhodesman, in a power move at the end of December, early January, decided to get rid of him. That's when the Chip Kelly GM decision came in and things started to fall apart. But I dislike it for two reasons. First of all, because Chip Kelly is a brilliant head coach. I don't like... Everything before this season suggests he is an excellent coach. Now, the biggest problem for them this year has been because he was put in charge of player personnel and really didn't... Yes, they had some big bad decisions in terms of DeMarco Murray. Never should have brought him in when you've already had Ryan Matthews. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, all right, nobody knew that uh, the, the, the guys that they brought in were going to have such a big fall off this year in the back end. Kiko Alonso uh, is a player that I loved coming into the league, but that knee injury clearly has affected him this season. All of that is not good, but there was just a lack of depth, particularly on the defence. What it's not talked about is in the first eight weeks of the season, they had a top eight defence. They just got worn out because when you're playing as many snaps as that, I saw a thing about how um, but, uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins has played more snaps at safety by week 14 than almost any other safety in the league will have played by the end of week 17. Because they're on the field so much more, it tires them out and you need more depth in that defence. Yeah, so there, the, were, there were big mistakes made, but my point is... Why is are they on the field that much more? My, my point, well, because of the because way they the play offense the offence. Because the offence doesn't work. Because of the way they play the offence. Kelly's fault. But you see the way that Sam Bradford has developed over the last three or four 
weeks. That offense has really started to work in fits and starts. You are just, what you've done, I think, the Eagles, unless they bring in a really high quality head coach or they do something to just completely blow things up, they are now going to be an, a below average team for the next five to six years. They've Cleveland Browns themselves. Whereas if they, I think it's much like my argument with Johnny Manziel. I think you've gone all in. You need to stay all in. I hate in any form of gambling. If you've gone all in and then you pull your hand out at the last second, losing yourself a load of money and losing yourself. It, it's just, it's crap. It doesn't work. It's why would you fold when you've gone all in? That's the point I'm trying to make. It's a terrible analogy because I'm tired from New Year's, but. I know it was an all right analogy. But, but I, I just I think it was the right decision. I think it was the wrong decision. Well, there we go. And uh, do you know what? Uh, if he comes, if he does come to San Francisco, I actually think that there's a bigger problem with Jed York and with uh, and with the GM situation there. Trent Bulky. I mean, he hasn't really had a good draft since Scott McLuhan left to go to the Seahawks. And the defense is far weaker at San Francisco. Yeah, I, all of that combined makes me think uh, that there's concern there. And uh, Jalen, I mean, we'll talk about Jalen Smith in a minute, but he's the guy I really wanted at the top of the draft. Um, all of that is a potential concern, but if they get stuff together, uh, Chip Kelly is just a head coach with a strong GM and with Tom Gamble there as well. I think that's a recipe for success. Mm, okay. Uh, but Black Monday is coming. Black Monday is coming, Ollie. Is that where we go out and get some January sales? Yeah, it is. It's also when all of the head coaches and all of the GMs get fired. Let's just run through a few of your suggestions on Twitter, first of all, uh, and then we'll get to who me and Ollie think should A, go, and B, who's available to replace them. Um, Tom Marshall says, get rid of Jeff Fisher. Here's the definition of average. Give the Ram a fresh start in L.A. with a new coach. Aaron says, Tom Stuhler will stay as the 49ers head coach because Jed York is an even bigger idiot than 49ers fans had previously <laughs> believed. Uh, Josh Skinner, Skinner says, expect Fisher to stay, but he deserves to go. Division games show they could be a playoff side, but far too inconsistent. Uh, Josh Hunter, uh, a man after my own heart. Grigson has to be gone. No, uh, Not giving luck an O-line when everyone could see it was needed is criminal uh steven adams obviously a giants fan reese deserves to go and maybe the coughlin's time is up also underperforming in a disgrace of a division well said steven uh phil nice. ashford caldwell needs to go no passion uninspiring lost the locker room need i go on uh we both liked uh, jim caldwell we, we liked him, him personally <laughs> You know, perhaps he's right. Uh, maybe not the most inspiring. Uh, Adam Barnes says, Giants will be the biggest shock firing. They stress leadership, but only drafted team captains in 2014. They completely lack leadership. He also gives us a rundown. Chargers, Browns, Colts, Lions, Saints, Giants, Rams could all fire coaches and GMs. He thinks the biggest shock would be the Rams, although they've made no progress. Uh, Josh Hunter says, a surprise could be Sean Payton and Jason Garrett basically switching jobs. The Sean Payton, Drew Brees situation, I mean, Drew Brees has come out this week and said that he sees no situation in which those two aren't in New Orleans next year. I think if you're a, t a team without a quarterback who's trying to, who's got some good pieces elsewhere and is maybe looking at being Super Bowl ready, the same way we felt about the Bengals before this season and Dalton's run, if you're that sort of level of team and you've got Sean Payton and Andrew Brees as a package deal to come in and basically for two years give you a big playoff push, like the Broncos did with Peyton Manning, that sort of oh. thing, I don't know why you don't go with that. That's you know, it's, it's going all in in one shot, but why not? Jerry Jones loves 
Tony Romo. Yeah, there is that. But Tony Romo is basically made of um, crepe paper at this point. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Uh, Aaron Rolls says, worried that the wa- that one of Petten and Farmer won't go. Get them both along with Jim O'Neill out. We need to keep Flip and O'Connell. Cal says, Ryan Grigson should go for mistaking Andrew Luck for Wolverine and his adamantium skeleton. And well, Why is... Um, why is- uh, Chuck Pagano getting away scot free on this then? Uh, Chuck Pagano is not. Chuck Pagano is almost gone. So, I almost but feel we, like we haven't. Men- no one's mentioned him, and I think he has to go because the the way that uh, the Colts have been playing, the reliance on a fifty nine year old uh, quarterback to come in and replace Andrew Luck, the misdiagnosis of Andrew Luck and his injuries has, has really hurt the Colts, and the Colts bleed everywhere else i just i think they've been an absolute disgrace I, I think chuck Magano is the most nailed on person to be gone on black monday and i almost think people aren't replying that because it's been so accepted that he, i mean people have expected him to go since about week five of the season mm. and uh, don't forget he was on the hot seat to leave mid-season at that point anyway they've stuck with him maybe the injury has helped him with that but you know when, <laughs> when you're forced to sign josh freeman and ryan lindley off the street ryan lindley not josh uh, lindley. that's fine no worries uh, uh you know none of them with any experience in the off there's apparently a really toxic relationship between Ryan Grigson and Bagano. I mean, Ryan Grigson is a guy who only three years ago was the uh, the executive of the year, but that was all down to the Pagano. It was all the 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 coming in as a rookie GM and being able to turn to, to like keep a franchise going whilst your head coach gets cancer and is replaced by a guy who hasn't head coached in the league for many years uh, pagano for me is gone that's my belief uh, a few of the other ones was there anyone who's kind of on your radar who you think is going to be gone maybe not mentioned there well obviously the guys that have come in as temporary coaches um uh, you've got dan campbell I, I there's no way that he would be able to stay and in at Miami, they might keep him on as some as the tight ends coach, a position coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, uh, Jim Tonsula, yeah, he, not a, not a, a um, obviously not a, a temporary coach, but he's a new coach. I, I don't really expect him to stay. Mike Malarkey, he, we know that he's not going to stay uh, at Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, and there's been no progress there. So the the one I think really does have to go is Jeff Fisher. I think the Rams, they do have some interesting uh, pieces, but I'm sure he was he he was part of the decision-making team that gave Nick Foles $9 million guaranteed next year. <laughs> so I think all of that, I think, cut your losses. He hasn't been, things haven't been great there. The, the, the city needs to fall back in love with their team again, and I think Jeff Fisher would be one would be the main one that I want to see. There's a real problem with this in terms of when you look back on history and you see uh, the the coaching record or you see the the final record of a team, you're going to look at this season and let's be honest, they're going to beat the 49ers on Sunday. They're going to be five and one in division. They're going to finish eight and eight. They're going to have gone on a four game winning streak to end the season. And everyone's going to go, oh, he's probably done enough to save his job, including, I suspect, most of the people at the Rams. But it's all about that kind of end of season streak. Sometimes you see a season, I can think uh, Gus Bradley's season with the Jags two years ago when they won, I think, four of their last seven, when he was really under pressure and people thought he was going to go. And then they won that streak of games towards the end when it looked like coming into London, they were 8-0. So Mm. when you go on those kind of runs, that can save your job, even though you're way down there. Whereas actually you then look at somebody like uh, Mike McCoy. I mean... Yes, okay, the, the Chargers, people thought they were going to be uh, a playoff team this year and they're going to be nowhere near that. But the damp squib of an end to the season is what's going to really kill him, whereas actually a second-year head coach can sometimes get away with a bad record if they don't want to 
in the NFL, I, I find head coaches tend to get that third year to give them a chance because it's more of a rebuilding process because you've got the draft because of the nature of Amer- mm. of, of American football. But yeah, Mike McCoy would be one of my ones to go. Well, it's a reboot, isn't it? it you've got a reboot if you're going to go into uh, into LA, moving the franchise. You need to have a new head coach to again allow the city to to buy into the fact that they've got. A, a winning head coach we had uh, there was an interesting tweet the one uh, the tweet that really interested me in there was Stephen Adams talking about uh, Reese deserves to go and maybe Coughlin's time is up as well I mean I said this last week but I said it in the same breath that I said that the Eagles would keep hold of Chip Kelly so let's ignore what I really have to say I said I thought Tom Coughlin would stay if Tom Coughlin wanted to stay the biggest problem there is that their roster is insanely thin. Like, if they didn't pick up Odo Beckham with the 11th pick of the draft last year, if one of those teams above him had picked him instead of Mike Evans, instead of Sammy Watkins, there would literally be nothing at the Giants. They got trounced by the Vikings last week. They have nothing on offense. I mean, the offensive line, they're starting to cobble something together, but nothing compared with what, say, the Cardinals have managed to do through free agency this year. And their defense has been pitiful. JPP coming back hasn't really done too much. I think it took six games for his first sack. So... Jerry Reese would be an absolute nailed on to leave for me. Coughlin, I, I genuinely think if he went to them and said, give me one more year with a new GM to help bed them in. I've been here for so long. I've won you two Super Bowls. There's part of me that thinks they'd go, yeah, all right, Tom, let's let's give you the respect and whatever you deserve. But maybe just blowing it up and starting from a new is the best way to do it. Um, you've still got Eli there. He's still got a fair few years as a top 12 top 14 type quarterback he's in that kind of conversation and and you know the guys won you two super bowls so mm. i i think that's the one where i w- i wouldn't necessarily be surprised either way but i don't think it's as nailed on as some people seem to think it is no fair enough we also had a tweet in from jay cumbleton well, uh, no sorry is there anyone out there who would be good to come in well look you've you've just jumped the gun jay Cumbleton said all he oh. cares about is who is the best choice for replacement at the Eagles. And so we've put together, or I've put together, because I don't believe that uh, <laughs> I told Ollie anything about this before we started the show. He did, he did not. I'm so sorry, It's Ollie. okay. Uh, me and Ollie went to the same New Year's Eve party. And um, you know that terrible American film, Project X? You know when you see house parties in I American... Seen that film. Oh, it's dreadful. You know, but you know when you see, like, house parties in, like, American frat films? Yeah. And that is, I've never been to a house party like this. It was like, and to the point where there was even beer pong being played, but there was like racks and racks of spirits in one corner. You could just help yourself to any drink you wanted. There was fireworks going off. There was, uh, like, I arrived expecting maybe 10, 15 of our close (laughs) friends to be there. And there were about 60 people there. (laughs) I genuinely walked into the room and I think I just went, what the f***? is going <laughs> like it was amazing genuinely like I, I there was a little bit of it that was uh, maybe a little sad because it felt like a bunch of uh it felt like a bunch of 30 early 30s late 20s men trying to relive their uh their youth maybe a little bit too much yeah it was great it was great i liked it at the very end uh pretty much every woman was crying and i don't know why uh, do you know? <laughs> Apart uh, from your lovely wife, uh, all yeah. of the other, all of the saying. women were and were in a state in tears. It was really weird, but it was a great night. Great night. Do, um, do, you, do you know? I made. Um, I, I, do you know that girl Anna, the very tall girl with the cool hair, um, New Zealand girl? New Ze- is that where she was from? Yeah. I thought she was. I thought she was uh, an Aussie because when we were playing. 
uh, beer pong aunt who was on my team who ended up throwing up everywhere later in the evening kept going kept like playing wicketkeeper behind the things and going shine come on shine so i thought she was an aussie because of that but um i made her cry just with my face <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I wondered what you'd said, and then she just cr- uh, hugged you. Yeah, in so, tears. So she, uh, I, I, this is it was so weird. I apparently look so much like her ex who broke her heart that when I first arrived at the party, she genuinely went, oh, "He's not turned up, has he?" Like genuinely he devastated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How's he found me? And we had a couple of conversations we played some beer pong i didn't really engage with that fact at all and then at about 3 a.m she just i went to have a to chat to her and she just went like i'm sorry i can't talk to you went, oh, all right we've only had two conversations don't judge me quite yet and then she explained and then she started crying so do you remember venetian snares i do remember venetian snares trying to push venetian snares on people at no, like three in the I morning i think i was the only other person out. there that loved it oh yeah that it was, was great weird. it's because there were two girls there from winnipeg and venetian snares is from winnipeg so that made sense to me in my head of course i remember the brothers being there who were brothers but were also brothers yeah and <laughs> that joke to me when i was drunk was hilarious <laughs> but luckily enough when they were also drunk it was hilarious to them too i made them cry because i spoke french very badly (laughs) they cried as well (laughs) he cried what is this i don't know this is such a weird party great Uh, party sorry guys that was a that was a tangent yeah we haven't really (laughs) spoken since then yes i worked yesterday uh, january 1st and ollie uh went to my house and ate bodines with my wife and watched tv so yeah it was good a good day (laughs) it's a terrible day for me i had to get photos of bodines sent to me whilst i sat at home crying to myself uh, let's talk about um, uh, Chris also tweeted Jim Tomzula do we think he's deserving of another season given the dearth of talent in SF or a fish out of water who needs replacing I think it's sadly the latter Chris even though I like him very much as a man I don't think he has the chutzpah to be a head coach in the NFL I think he's one of those guys who's a good uh, position coach maybe even a great coordinator but not quite of head coach material a bit like the fella who was that lovely guy who coached the Vikings when they came over here Mike Singletary was he the head coach (laughs) no the head coach of the Vikings Oh, it wasn't. Sorry, Mike Singletary. Do you know why I said that? Because um, (laughs) Mike Singletary, as you will know, is the former head coach of the 49ers and a member of the Bears defense in 1985. And of course, the man who you're referring to is Leslie Fraser. Leslie Fraser. Now he's gone elsewhere to be, I think, an offensive coordinator or a quarterback. He's the defensive coordinator of Tampa Bay. Yeah, that. uh, But he was a lovely guy, but not cut out for head coach and also a member of the 85 bears defense that's where what i i just got my my bears linebackers from the 80s confused which is pretty normal guys genuinely yeah uh (laughs) uh, oh speaking of that very quickly before we get on to the other people who are available out there um other news this week it's always sad when well when anyone dies but when a hall of famer dies and one of the absolute cornerstones of the monsters of midway bears defense hall of fame defensive end doug atkins passed away at the age of 85 this week Uh, eight-time pro bowl a member of the pro football hall of fame in the all 60s team uh teamed with uh gino marchetti to revolutionize the defensive end position uh prior to the super Bowl, an NFL merger, and a player who really, if you can get out there and find some articles on him, anything about him, 
revolutionised the position, was a great player, so well worth going and having a look at that. Well, I just I just Googled him, 85 he was, and um, the Chicago Tribune, the headline is, Bears Hall of Famer Doug Atkins was the strongest man in the world. Well, wait, if you go back and if you, if you look at the tape on him, and considering he's a defensive end in those old schemes where it was very run heavy, the player who he will remind you of is J.J. Watt. And and that's if you're as a modern NFL fan, and and you know that's the kind of level of talent we're talking about there. So hell of a player, apparently hell of a man as well. Never got the chance to meet him, but uh, yeah, great great guy. And it's always sad when someone like that does pass away. Back onto the head coaches, Ollie. Um, we've had an interesting tweet in from Chris that I want to ask. But do you want to do other head coaches available, or do you want to do one more about firings first? Well, I think we've done enough about firings. Oh, but we? it's a it's a slightly different one. About All right, go on then. Okay. Chris tweets, which coaches of playoff teams are on the hot seat if they don't win in the postseason? Now, prior oh, to the season... God, this feels such a, like a loaded question. Well, the Will thing Gavin. is... <laughs> <laughs> so loaded. It's not loaded towards Mike McCarthy, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, is a, he is someone you've got to mention, though. The, the yeah. Packers uh, have not been as good this season as previously. Um the the guy that the the only one who really springs to mind out of everyone there you know Belichick's not going to go uh, the Broncos uh, have only had a head coaching change recently Todd Bowles been brilliant with the Jets uh, Aaron's been brilliant at the Cardinals um, Andy Reid's been brilliant at the Chiefs you know there's there's nobody who is clear from those newer coaches who would be on the hot seat whoa whoa the, whoa the the only one who I think springs to mind out of anyone um, of the current playoff teams. Uh, it has to be with the Bengals, and I said it prior to the prior to the season that um, if uh, oh fuck, I don't remember his name. It's so obvious I'm fill, filling as well. I Marvin, know his name, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, I knew it. I've been looking at it. I've been waiting for you to fuck up. <laughs> uh, there's one head coaching uh, choice who, before the season, I said if they didn't achieve playoff success, he could be in real trouble. Real, real trouble. Jack Del Rio trouble? May, may, <laughs> I, I think I said Rhea trouble. Rhea trouble. James Rhea trouble. Chris Rhea trouble. Driving it, home for Christmas. James Rhea is my boss. Though, just it, to put that reference in there. I know. I know. Uh, he, he, it's he, Marvin Lewis. It's Marvin Lewis, yeah, yeah. Marvin Lewis at the Bengals. Is he had an Indian? Rhea, Rhea uh, trouble? <laughs> he's in no real, real, real trouble. Um, <laughs> Marvin Lewis at the Bengals. Uh, but the Andy Dalton injury might just save him. Will Andy Dalton be back? I'd, it, not for week one of the playoffs, we believe. And there's a good chance that obviously they're going to not have the bye. So they would need to go. They'd need to win in the first week of the playoffs. And I'm trying to remember who it would be that they would play because I know we've looked be, at this um, a million and one times. But uh, it would, I it think would be, be the Jets. Chiefs, wouldn't it? No, it would be the Jets because the Jets would have the weakest record of a non-division winner, wouldn't they? No, because the Chiefs and the Jets are on the same. Ten oh, well, and five, ten and five. Either the Chiefs or the Jets, they would need to beat them first, and then Dalton would be back for when they go to play uh, the Patriots, most likely in the, the following week. So if they can get that playoff win without Andy Dalton. First of all, hilarious that after four years, Andy Dalton's curse isn't going to be broken because he won't be playing, and but, then he'll lose against the Patriots the next day. But next if week. if they lose to either a streaking Jets team or a streaking Chiefs team, you and without their star quarterback, there's probably enough excuse there, and they've shown enough quality this season that Marvin Lewis keeps his job so basically Chris we spent about three minutes answering your question and the answer is no uh, not Bill O'Brien 
No, no. Um, Bill O'Brien's done brilliantly in the la- second half of the season, okay. no, and and I'm, that's why I'm asking the question. I'm not. I'm not suggesting, but you've got to ask the question that the, the listeners might be asking that question in their in their heads. I'm play, a conduit for them. Playing a, co- a collection of messes at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's true. He's done a very very good job. So, guys who are available for head coaching positions. Uh, <sighs> I mean, there's guys we've talked about all season, guys like Hugh Jackson, uh, that he was, he, I mean, his performance this year, he's only had the one head coaching job in the, in the uh, previously in Oakland in uh, 2011. Um, he's really got that offense going and still managed to do it with AJ McCarron, which is pretty impressive. They actually, with AJ McCarron and center, they haven't changed up their system hugely. Mm. Um, they've, they've reined it in slightly, but uh, certainly, there's uh, Josh McDaniels. Another Josh McDaniels is a name that comes up every single year. Uh, obviously, he's got a pretty cushy job at the Patriots. Um, had the two seasons as a head coach in Denver. Didn't play very well when he didn't do very well when he was there. Uh, so a lot of people will be talking about Josh McDaniels. They're talking about offensive options. Uh, Adam Gase as well. Uh, though will Adam Gase want to leave his offensive coordinator job one season into dealing with it? When Jay Cutler's your quarterback. I'd probably suggest that there's a chance that you want to leave. Yeah, but then they might be rebooting. Uh, Matt Forte might not be there next season. Uh, you've got Jeremy Langford, who's played really well. See what they do in the draft. Uh, you've got Kevin White, who'll come back from injury. It could be really inter- exciting to be a head co- uh, a uh, the offensive coordinator of the Bears next year. Ugh, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, Sean McDermott, the Panthers. If you want to look on the defensive side, Sean McDermott's a name that's really interesting. Uh, he's been the uh, coordinator for the last seven seasons, two in Philly and then the last five in Carolina. I mean, the emergence of the likes of Josh Norman and K1 Short just adds to a list of defensive stars developed under McDermott. Took Carolina from last in the league to a consistent top five defense. Uh, the, the biggest mystery is obviously how he would deal with an offense. I think you'd say about anyone who's coordinated at a single position for a whole time. Doug Marone's a weird one that's been flying around. Like I've heard that name used a lot. The Jaguars' uh, uh, assistant head coach slash offensive line guy. Of course, he was the head coach in the Bills last year. Was offered a contract chose to kind of bet with himself that he could get a, a better head coaching job elsewhere and ended up as the assistant head coach of the Jacks. But he did a decent job in his one season at the mm. Bills. And maybe the recency of that would mean somebody takes a flyer on him and gives him a chance. It's weird to see that name keep flying around. I've got, I've got a couple of names for okay, you. Okay, yeah, yeah. And how good they've been this season. Uh, and, you know, the way that they've been playing, the excitement of it. Harold Goodwin, um, offensive coordinator, offensive lineman of uh, the the Cardinals. I think that's an interesting one. He came from the Colts, spent a year at the Colts, 2012-2013. He's been at the Cardinals for a couple of years now. And the way that they've been playing, the plug and play of, of some of the uh, some of the running backs in there, the offensive lines kept Carson Palmer up, and the usage of those those nippy quick wide receivers as well. Couple that with Michael Floyd, they've been really exciting. And also on the other on the other side of the ball, James Betcher, the um, the Cardinals defense has been lights out for the last two or three years, and he could go in. I, I, I would suggest to somewhere and really firm up, say, uh, the Tennessee Titans or something like that as a, as a head coach. Would you want to leave, especially if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, would you want to leave a team which is on the cusp of, of greatness for someone like the Tennessee Titans? 
I don't, I, do, I don't know. But those are two names that I think could be really interesting and ones to watch out for in the in the new in the new year. So yeah, Mike Schuler with the Panthers, uh, offensive coordinator as well. I mean, a guy who hasn't had as much success up until this year, but then this year has had a ton of success. Just coming back to the Cardinals, you have to give quite a quite a lot of love uh, for their success on the offense. You mentioned the offensive line there. John Mosliak uh, did an incredible job of rebuilding their offensive line, bringing in Jared Valdir, bringing in from Oakland, bringing in Mikey Upati from San Francisco, and, and really making the left side of that line one of the strongest in the league. Uh, so uh, he's been given all the pieces he needs in order to do what he's done, but you can only deal with the situation you've got. So uh, the final one is Jim Swartz, because the guy has been a head coach in the NFL absolutely made that Bills defence look incredible last season. And there's always that thing, I think it was the same with Jim Caldwell when he joined the Lions last year. You have that year out of the league, Lovey Smith as well, you have that year or so out of the league, suddenly people are desperately looking for who can come in and fix their franchise. You've got some teams who really have decent offences but not very good defences. And he's a name, I think, that will get bandied about and certainly get job interviews. Bandied. Bandied. Uh, I've got one more for you. <laughs> okay, last one, very last one. Uh, you, you'll laugh me down. Jim Harbaugh. Jimmy H? No, Jimmy H. I mean, I know Michigan. he's, I know he's, he's uh, done really well in Michigan, and it's a, a project. Sorry, you said I was going to laugh at you, so... <laughs> there, I laughed at you. It's a project, but, you know, the right offer comes along, you never know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't imagine him. I mean, I, I know he is an egotistical maniac. I also loved him as a head coach, but <laughs> I don't see him. He's got that Michigan team uh, uh, very quickly on the cusp of being a potential college yeah. playoff team. He's going to have this year now where he's going to be able to recruit as well. And obviously having Harbour as your recruiter is, is a very strong. You saw what he did when he was at Stanford. Uh, so, uh, And we haven't even talked about the, holly, the college coaches who could come up to the league. Um, well, think about the L.A. team. He's a, he's a no stranger to the West Coast. They'd need a new t- a new uh, man to come in and uh, sort of ignite that fan base. Why not? Why not? They love egos in LA. <laughs> I mean, when when I was watching uh, when I was watching David Shaw and the trees uh, in the in the uh, bowl game last night uh, in the Rose Bowl. Yep, Rose Bowl. That was the one they played in. <laughs> there was part of me that was like, David Shaw, would you like to follow in Jim Thompson, uh, Jim Thompson, uh, Jim Harbour's footsteps once more? Maybe come to San Francisco and be our head coach, please. Thank you. What an incredible game that was, by the way. Yeah, just to touch on the college quickly because we will do a big college preview next week. But of course. The college football final is set. It's going to be number one Clemson against number two Alabama. A couple of reasonably blowouts. I mean, certainly the Alabama game was a blowout. Um, this is going to be a serious test of Deshaun Watson, nominated for the Heisman, real rising prospect at QB, going up against a very, very good Alabama defense. Strong running game, classic Alabama football, basically. So that's going to be fascinating. Uh, we mentioned the Rose Bowl there. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, what a player that this guy, guy is. And How he didn't win the Heisman is ludicrous. And we just talked about... Alabama. If Derrick Henry isn't playing in Alabama, then Christian McCaffrey or Christian McCaffrey is playing for a bigger name school in mm. in air quotes. Uh, then he is the he is without doubt the Heisman winner. He just had 150 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards for his second consecutive game. The rest of the whole of college football has had one such game since 2013, and he as an individual has had two in two weeks. He set an all-purpose yards for the Rose Bowl record. He was phenomenal. I mean, starting off with a 75-yard touchdown catch helps you out, but he's a phenomenal player. Oh, he's incredible. There was one play where he'd, he'd, he'd busted up the gut, 
and he just sort of did a double duke on this defensive guy uh, and just zipped past him. He is so exciting to watch. I remember watching him earlier on in the season thinking, wow, this guy's good. And the saddest thing about it is, uh, not sad if you're a college football fan, but he's ineligible to go to enter the 2015 or the 2016 draft. So we will see him playing college next season where he could go be, be even better. I mean, it's so exciting. I can't wait. He is one player that is just the most, I think he's the most watchable player in college football right now. Ooh, nice. Uh, we, we need to, right, we, okay, 35 minutes into this podcast, and it's been a little bit like an off-season show, the way that we've talked about this weekend's games. Uh, the, 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 the lack of talking about this weekend's games, because there is a full slate of games, all to be played on Sunday. It's week 17. They're all divisional games. Surely it's going to be a great one. There are a lack of games this weekend which have meaningful impact. And so we're going to just go through a few of those games, give our picks for them, uh, and we'll, then we'll just rush through the rest of the games as well. A few more questions to come off Twitter. At Gridiron on Twitter, you can always hit us up there through the games on Sunday as well. Uh, Ollie, what are you doing for the games on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, really don't know because my sister's currently being induced right now, so I don't know when her baby will be born. But that for the late games... I will. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe the early games. I'm not around. If you're not in Norwich, let's uh, let's have the games at mine. Sam, I spoke to Sam last night. Sam Howard. This is totally just planning on air. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam is the guy who hosted the amazing party last night. Uh, I think he's going to come round. I think he needs to get out of that flat and away from champagne stains on the walls. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, a good idea. Uh, yeah, so I think we might watch the games around mine. So all right, I'll come round. That would be great. Anyone want to join us? Hit us up. At should, we, should we get Bodines? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> We will definitely be getting Bodines. Uh, right, let's look forward to the weekend games. Or you I- could do those incredible buffalo chicken wings you did before. Oh. They were incredible. They were good. I remember that. Uh, let's actually, uh, we're just going to take a quick break, and then we will be back. I keep forgetting to do this, and then just having to find a place to put it in at a later time. Let's have a quick break, and then be back with the weekend preview. So there is obviously only one game in week 17 that the citizens of the UK care about. Maybe you think I'm going to say that it's going to be the Vikings going to Green Bay for the NFC North Championship. Maybe you think I'm looking over to the AFC and wondering what's going to happen in the by positions i didn't I, I by positions is what was in my head then. I thought does that sound a little bit homoerotic? The buy positions? Definitely. Good. I'm glad. No, of course, there is only one game we care about, and that is the lose and go to London Bowl. <laughs> as the six and nine Philadelphia... <laughs> as the six and nine coachless Philadelphia Eagles travel to the six and nine New York Giants, loser comes to London to face the Rams in the first ever game at Twickers. Twickers, I tell you. Uh, just, the, I don't even care about this game. The question to you is simply, which of these teams would you rather see take on the Rams? Oh, the Giants. So you can see Odell Beckham. It's it purely the one-man feature. <laughs> it's the one-man show. It's not because you want to try and interview Eli Manning, because he's such a uh, rapporteur. No, yeah, but then you've got Eli Ma- Manning. <laughs> oh, Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, and I don't want to go anywhere near JPP's... Um, Gnarled hand. Uh, I'm going to make Ollie touch it. Uh, no, <laughs> I want the Eagles to win. Be- Beckham Junior versus everything. Look, Eagles, 
Come uh, on, Eagles. Beckham is tied third in the league with 13 touchdown receptions and fourth with 1,400 receiving yards. And I kind of feel like the other thing is going to this weekend is people have kind of forgotten that two weeks ago Elder Beckham was a knob. Everyone got really angry about it on Twitter and then it's totally gone away. Maybe come tomorrow and game time people will get Listen, angry man, about it again. We've but- had Christmas. We've had the holidays if you're in America. We've had New Year's. It's a clean slate. Good. I'm glad. So the lose or go to London Bowl is a key game this weekend. Let's look at the AFC playoff picture. The New York Jets are win and in. They're ten and five, traveling to the Buffalo Bills at seven and eight, and only one man truly stands between them and playoff glory. The same man who stood between them and playoff glory the last two seasons he was in New York, and that is of course Rex Ryan. Look, Rex Ryan has been absolutely outcoached by Todd Bowles this season, but is that going to happen again on Sunday? I love Todd Bowles, and I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I fell in love with the Jets a little bit when they came over here. I do that quite a lot, don't I? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know everyone does that. That kind of Stockholm syndrome you get with teams coming to London. Yeah, Uh, I think so. I think so. I think there's a whole lot on it for the Jets. Uh, They're on a five-game winning streak, which is incredible. Todd Bowles has been brilliant. And everything's starting to come together. They got it's officially the two best wide receivers in NFL history playing with each other. Mm-hmm. Officially, so well, I just, yeah. Well, I've, no one's ever done better as a as a tandem. Well, that's only if they don't catch. Only if they catch another touchdown at the weekend. Chris Carter and Randy Moss did do as many touchdowns as a, as a tandem in a single season, but that's only if neither of them catch a touchdown this weekend, which I imagine one of them will over the Bills. The Bills are just horrendously banged up. Mario Williams is not mm. going to be there next year, by the sounds of it. He's going to get cut. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, is that because of injury or insane? cap hit combined with the fact that actually the defence doesn't really work with Rex's defence. They've got all of this money invested in that defensive line, and it's just not working at the mm-hmm. moment. So Mario Williams is due to be gone. I'm going with a Jets win for them to make the playoffs. Yes, as am I. Now, there's a question to be asked, and you've kind of ruined my thinking on this already. I keep doing that. Because mm-hmm. my question to you was going to be, we have the Steelers going to play the Browns this weekend. The Steelers obviously are uh, an exciting football team to watch. They're nine and six. They need to win and have the Jets lose in Buffalo to make the playoffs. Is there any part of you that hopes that happens because the Steelers are more likely to go on a playoff run with that high octane offense? Or do you love the Jets that much that you'd rather the Jets go in? Do you know what? Either or. Either actually, do you know what? That is the perfect answer, Ollie Hunter. Well done. To the bang. Uh, <laughs> 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 using that in the wrong context entirely. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I realise that's another thing with this show. Absolutely no sound drops yet. That's because the PC channels don't that. To the bang. There we go. Uh, we, I keep forgetting to use them. You like that? You like that? I'm not yeah, sure we're allowed to use that then anymore you because of copyright. Yeah, it's just... Uh, you just... Uh, <laughs> 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 What's this one? It's Frank Sinatra letting snow from the end of the Christmas podcast. Sorry. You, you keep not playing my favourite one. Which? Oh, two Allens. Yeah, but because we're in the wrong studio. It's not the best one. It's not the best. Oh, it's great. Just Allen. Um, so, the, I think your answer was perfect, Ollie. Because the either way, whatever happens with these two teams this weekend, I'm excited to watch that team in the playoffs. Yes. And, if, if we and don't I love the it, Chiefs as well. So, And if we don't get to watch them... 
then, you know, that's just the way that it is. That's just the way it yeah, is. no doubt. And the Steelers, so many injuries this year, absolutely ravaged on the offence. They'll come back next year. They're still going to have all of those wideouts tied into contracts. They're still going to have... They're going to have Le'Veon Bell back from injury. Big Ben is the kind of player who has won two Super Bowls and then improved in his career. He's got better as a pocket passer. I love this team. I do expect them to go to Cleveland and consign Cleveland to the number one overall pick next year. Or maybe number two. There's some strength of schedule nonsense with the Titans but uh, I do expect them to go and win this game against uh, against Johnny Manziel and his boys Neil tweeted us asking is Johnny's concussion the most face-saving way of dropping a player you've ever heard of I feel like we said we'd do some uh, off-season stuff on teams we don't normally talk about. Uh, who I'm going to just reiterate my point on this one final time. Stick with Johnny Mantell. Even if you draft a quarterback in like the second, third round and have a quarterback competition, it would be ludicrous to get rid of him for what would probably be like a fourth-round pick at this point when you don't know what he could be to your team. You're probably going to get rid of Mike Pettin anyway. Keep him around hopefully his head will prevail, he'll get smarter, and he can actually get his talent on the field and then use those high draft picks you've got to improve in areas where you need improvement. The defensive line, the pass rush. I mean, a player we didn't mention earlier who I did want to mention was Jalen Smith, the Notre Dame linebacker, 2015 Buckus Award winner, outside linebacker. He left the Fiesta Bowl with a significant knee injury. It was widely expected he would declare this year. Uh, It's more than likely that he will return to college football next season. Absolutely gutted for him. But that's the kind of guy that they could desperately have done with in Cleveland. And go out and improve in the other areas. Get high-level, blue-chip great athletes in positions where you need assistance mm. and keep Johnny there being consistent. Look, the Cleveland Browns aren't going to turn from a 3-13 and 13 team into a 10-6 and six team in one year. They're, they're too much of a mess for that. So rebuild in the areas where you need more help than quarterback. I think you've talked about the Browns for far too long. I'm really sorry. Uh, they, we did, we mentioned, we said we'd mention it. Uh, in fact, we've not even got the Chiefs game down as one to talk about for this weekend. It's Oakland at KC at, uh, uh, as one of the 9.25 kickoffs. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, it, you know, there's very few teams this weekend who actually can rest players, but the two teams I think that really can consider it are Washington, who are travelling to Dallas because they know exactly where they're going to be seeded, and the Chiefs probably can as well. I mean, if the Broncos lose and they win, they do have a chance of taking that one seed, which obviously, well, not one seed, that would that taking uh, the AFC West title, yeah, exactly, which is fascinating. But actually, I think you've gone on this huge streak. Take like get those players out of the game, rest some of those defensive know, players, man. and be ready for the wild card week. I don't know if they manage to win and then clinch that that one seed, they then get to come back to not one seed but clinch the division. They get to come back to Arrowhead rather than having to go on the road. And I think that is a is a carrot far too tasty uh, to deny. Here is my hashtag hot take. Hashtag bold prediction. Hashtag. Let's get hysterical. Let's get into hysteria. <laughs> AJ McCarron is going to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to a top end win against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens will slip to 5 and 11. The uh, Bengals will advance to 12 and 4. Then the San Diego Chargers will travel to Denver, beat them, and the Bengals will take the two seed. Wow. There's an awful lot of things wrong about what I've just yeah. said. <laughs> 
know, I know, I know everyone thinks the Broncos have just beaten the Bengals. They're at home. They're playing a terrible Chargers team. But there's just, I just have that, you know, that weird gut feeling that. Brock Osweiler is going to throw one away against the Chargers, and it's not. No, no, no. It's not Peyton Manning. You know this. (laughs) The Chargers are a terrible football team. But the thing is, right? So the Chargers last year, when they in the first season with McCoy, when they had a really good season, and please let's not forget just how injury ravaged their offensive line has been, just what a mess their backfield has been. You know, went and paid a high draft pick on a guy who hasn't worked out. But the season before, Mike McCoy. took the Chargers to, I think they did win both games over the Broncos. So they won one and lost one tight, I think, actually, mm. to get it right. They knew exactly how to play the Broncos. They knew exactly how to play Peyton Manning. And I know that it's not the same offense there, but we saw so many divisional upsets last weekend. We saw the Chargers seem to be a team that know where the Broncos' strengths are. It will be tough, but I just, that's my bold little hysterical prediction for this weekend, so, that the Broncos slip out of the two seats. So you're saying they're like the Rams... And the Seahawks, you know, they've got a little thing over them. They know how to do it. I mean, there's nowhere near as much talent on the Chargers as there is on the Rams. Yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) But but otherwise, that's my little bot. And then New England win at Miami and and they seal the one seed and, you know, continue to have everything handed to them on a silver f***ing platter. It's not that you don't like New England or anything. No, I love New England. (laughs) I just hate their football team. (laughs) And all of their their Twitter arty fans. Just quickly, who are you picking in those three games? Because there's no need to go over the mid anymore, Depth 3. I've gone on Gridiron Hyphen Magazine. I've gone Bengals, Steelers and Broncos. And I imagine the Patriots over the Dolphins. Uh, Yes, yes, I did, yeah. Because you're not an idiot. Uh... In the on the NFC side of things, Tampa Bay travel to Carolina. Carolina need to bounce back from that loss last week to go fifteen and one and clinch the division. Anything in your mind make you think that Carolina are going to suddenly slump? Nope. <laughs> Good. Is it because of Lovey Smith's brilliant head coaching for the Bucks? It's entirely that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, Tampa have got probably the best running back so far this year on their. On their roster, Doug Martin's had an incredible season. Jameis Winston's playing better. Um, Jameis Winston's the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know the talent that Todd Gurley showed in that burst, and actually David Johnson in the burst he's had recently, both put them very much in the conversation. But for consistency and overall play and the role within the team, yeah, the fact he's a quarterback, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he'll win it. And I said that before the season, and you and Clancy and Sherry all laughed at me. Because he was going to turn the ball over too much, and there was no way he was going to win it. But he went through that that uh, spate of about six or seven games without an interception. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. screw you all. But uh, I think what's going to, the one thing I'm I'm watching out for in this game uh, is Jonathan Stewart. He's been held out the last two games. I think if they beat in the Falcons last weekend, he'd be held out this week and rested for the playoffs. Now there's the conversation of okay, he's back in training, he's fit. Do you put in your star running back risk of re-injury to guarantee you get the one seed and the buy? Uh, well, you've got the buy week already, but the one seed and the home field advantage, or do you trust that the human bowling ball and the rest of the backup mess you've got there? Fuzzy Bear. I think Fuzzy Whitaker's actually out as well. Oh, is he? Yeah, isn't expected to play because of an ankle injury. So there's a chance Stewart's going to be forced into the game because. What of do that. you think? Perhaps. You know, they go up 14-0, 21-something or whatever, and then they just rest him for the rest of the game. Well, if they do, if they take a big lead early, you take him out of the game. Of course you do. Similarly with Washington, similarly with the Chiefs. Uh, similarly, and anyone who's already got a playoff seeding, if you get a two 
to three touchdown lead. Get those starters out of the game. I mean, Washington, again, being the prime example, don't expect those guys to be in for more than a quarter. It's going to be more like a preseason game, the way they play. Uh, the most fascinating pure game on paper for excitement is if the Cardinals play all their starters and Bruce Arians isn't the kind of man to not play their starters, is the Seahawks travelling to the desert to play the Arizona Cardinals. And if the Cardinals play all their starters, I fully expect a Seahawks loss here. I love this game. And he will play the starters because imagine going into the bye week and you've just beaten the Seattle Seahawks on your own patch. I, I think... I think the 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 amount that it can do for uh, the Cardinals for a roster a confidence is is absolutely huge and that way also you downtread the Seahawks Seahawks guaranteed a playoff spot already and they end up having to go into either Minnesota or Green Bay winner of that game. But wow, there, there is a possibility if the Seahawks win here and the right result happens in the Vikings Packers game that actually the Seahawks could still travel to Washington and the Packers and the Vikings still could play each Ooh, other. Really? In, uh, I'm sure that's the case. I'm, okay. Maybe I'm totally wrong here, but yeah, they would slip. to So they would go to 10 and six. So if the I, try, I have to remember which way round it would have to work, I feel like it's the Packers would have to win and then they would travel to the Seahawks because the Vikings have some kind of uh, uh, no it must be the Vikings would have to win because the Packers beat the Seahawks didn't they yes. so on so on head to head record the Packers would have seeding above the Seahawks so they would travel to Washington and the Seahawks no it makes no sense the other way round it must be the other way round it must be the other way round but the Vikings also lost to the Seahawks uh, yeah but, no, but that's the point they lost to the Seahawks yeah, yeah. so the Seahawks would have ah no there's something. There is a way. I'm sure it is. There is a way that it's not just if we win and lose, you play in the Seahawks. But we're going to have on. to find out. <laughs> this is some live Googling going on. We'll be back with you in a moment. Okay, so I confused myself. I'm sorry. What must happen is Seattle have to win against Arizona on the road. Mm-hmm. Then Green Bay would have to beat the Vikings. Green Bay would move to 11-5, and win the NFC North in the third seed, while the Seahawks would hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Vikings, forcing the Vikings into the number six seed. Then the Vikings would travel to Green Bay for a second consecutive week, and the Seahawks would face the Redskins. Now, there is a genuine possibility, because if the Cardinals do decide to rest players, the Seahawks are still a good football team. They could win that game on their own volition. So that is still a possibility. But the fact of the matter is, is that... What's most likely is come that late game, it's going to be Vikings at Packers, loser gets to go to Washington, winner has to face the Seahawks. Yeah, I still think you'd rather win, uh, you'd rather play in your home home stadium. And especially the Packers, they beat the Seahawks earlier in the year. I think that would be preferable. If I had to pick a juicy game for week one, it would be that I would want to see the Packers... Get going on offense against the Vikings this weekend. Suddenly start looking like a good football team again. And then get to welcome a Seahawks who have just lost to the Cardinals the week before, who are maybe slightly downtrodden. It's a revenge game for last year. It's a one and done. It's a fascinating situation there. And even though the Seahawks on paper should beat the Packers going into this weekend's game, if you see a dominant win for the Packers and a big loss for the Seahawks, suddenly you're question marking it. The Seahawks losing two on the bounce Mm. to end the season. Green Bay finally getting going. There's there's some intrigue there. I I suspect that that is the game we'll get. I still fa- I'm picking the Packers, even though I think the Vikings are actually been the better football team in recent weeks. Well, because the Vikings just don't play well against good football teams. No, they don't. They they seem to stuff it up each and every time. 
but Green Bay is severely banged up. Bakhtiari. Oh, I saw that uh, that injury report from Wednesday was mental. Bakhtiari. I know it's Saturday now, but still. Tackle Bakhtiari, questionable. Tackle Bulaga, questionable. Uh, probable. probable, sorry. You've got probables on TJ Lang, Corey Lindsley, Eddie Lacey. Uh, this is all on offense. Justin Perillo, tight end, backup tight end is out. Uh, guard Josh Sitton, Josh Sitton, probable. And that is just the offense. You've got Sam Shields, who's been much better, and we've really missed him over the last few weeks. He's Still questionable, questionable with, that, yeah. with that concussion. BJ Raji, who's been brilliant as well, questionable on concussion. Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels has been incredible. He was limited practice on, on, on Friday. He didn't practice the two days before. He's questionable. The Packers are not looking good. If they, they, there is that situation where actually they could lose, they could go to the Redskins. They've almost got an excuse. Just leave all those injured players out and then go, well, we lost because of our injuries. And then you get to go and play the Redskins instead of having to play the Seahawks, who will play you very tough. And uh, I think it was the last time the Packers won uh, a Super Bowl. They were uh, in the wild cards. They're a away team all the way through. So, you know, they've done it before. Mike McCarthy knows all about that. But... <laughs> I want to play in Lambo. I want to. I want to see the guys in Lambo. I want. I want uh, our gridiron uh, winner of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, no. That's literally impossible. I'd love him to go and see. No, it is impossible. It is, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, crap. Uh, no, it's actually. It's genuinely. It's not impossible. I don't. If the Vikings. If right. So again, if <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're back to this again. If you beat whoever you play, and the sixth seed. And the fifth seed beat Washington. Then the fifth seed beat the car uh, beat the Panthers, and you beat the Cardinals. Then the fifth seed, probably the Vikings, will come to you in the championship game. It could, so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous! I hate playoff scenarios right now. Uh, right, there are some other games happening in Week 17, and we're sorry. Like in the off season, we will focus on every team and do some in-depth stuff, and we'll get guests on, and we'll do all of that stuff. But let's just run through the other games that are happening now. People will be saying there are two games which still have an impact on the playoff picture. Yeah, no, they won't be. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars travelling to the Texans to see who wins that, who wins the AFC South. If the Texans win, they're in. The Colts need to beat the Titans, but they don't just need to beat the Titans. They need the Jags to beat the Texans. They also need the Bills to beat the Jets, the Dolphins to beat the Patriots, the Ravens to beat the Bengals, the Falcons to beat the Saints, the Raiders to beat the Chiefs, the Broncos to beat the Chargers, and the Steelers to beat the Browns. There is, there's an NFC game in their nine-game parlay to, for them to win an AFC South divisional title. It's ludicrous. The Texans have already won that division. So you're saying there's a... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. But either way, the Texans will beat the Jags uh, on the final day of the season. That's my belief. Who are you taking in that one? Texans. Uh, and in the Colts-Titans game? Colts. I've taken the Titans. Ooh. I don't believe in Josh Freeman. Uh, Steelers-Browns, Dern, Patriots-Dolphins, Dern, Ravens-Bengals-Dern. Saints at Falcons. Falcons on a little bit of a drive recently. Saints haven't looked completely terrible in the last four or five weeks. Actually, this could be one of the more entertaining, meaningless games this weekend. <laughs> it really could be. But I'm going to take the home side, the Falcons. I've also taken the Falcons. I expect Julio Jones, hashtag bowl protection, 200 yards. Ooh, Washington at Dallas. Washington all the way. Dallas with their mess of a quarterback uh, situation. Oh, are you saying that Kellen Moore's a mess? Yes, he is a mess. <laughs> I have taken uh, the Cowboys. 
Well, you make me sick. Because it's just very Cowboys-esque to go and win the final game of the season in division. And it's just it would just be a fitting end to the NFC disgrace. Uh, we didn't actually say who were taking the Eagles-Giants. I guess we're both going to take the Eagles because we want the Giants to lose and come to London. No, I want the Eagles to come to London, so I've taken the Giants. But you said you wanted Odell Beckham in London. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've neg- Were you not listening? No, probably not. Because I said, oh, if you balance all the other things out, oh, right. Eli Manning, I, I don't want to bit. touch JJ, uh, JPP's hand, all of that stuff, I'm going Eagles. I thought you were saying, no, Giants. I thought you were saying Odell Beckham was enough to override that. No, I no, no, apologize. he was not enough. Okay, fine. Uh, Lions at Bears. Bears. Lions, maybe. I don't know. Rams at 49ers. Rams. Rams. <laughs> uh, Raiders at Chiefs. I think we both picked the Chiefs. Chiefs. Uh, and I think Did you do Seahawks, Cardinals? All of the games. Cardinals? Oh, Cardinals. Yeah, all Cardinals. the way, Cardinals. Uh, what have you done, Minnesota, Green Bay? I have taken... I'm, I'm going to double-check what I've actually taken on the website, because sometimes I say I've taken things and then have to go and correct it after I've said it while I'm editing the podcast. I took Green Bay to win at home. Okay. Okay. Is that um, is that okay with you? Yeah, I'm not confident. He's thinking about switching to the Vikings. I'll never switch. Game. Never switch. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have a pick against the, the, the Packers all the way through this. The Packers, according to me, should be 16 and 0. We had the last couple of t- tweets just to mop up ones that have come in during the show. Will Davis says, San Diego have stuck Weddle on IR with one game left. Yeah, he's still running and cutting in practice. No way he's back with the Chargers next season. You know why? Come to San Francisco. He got fined ten grand for watching uh, ten thousand dollars for watching his daughter uh, at the halftime show against Miami. Ludicrous. Rather than being in the in the locker room in a game that meant literally nothing. Yeah. And Michael says, "Time for Coughlin to go." Think Chip Kelly could be the candidate to replace Tom Sula and rejuvenate Kaepernick. Now, I, whoa, 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 Michael M. Sport guy, sporty guy uh, one. Look, where's hysterical M. Sporty guy one, Michael. I say to you, yes, I, I were all on board the Jim Tom Sula being replaced by Jim Kelly train, but Kaepernick back. Hysterical, hysterical. That really would be bold. Uh, uh, otherwise, Ollie, let's wrap this one up. Don't forget to keep checking us out, gridiron-magazine.com. Get your picks in for the final week. You can still win a hat with a final week win, even if you're not going to beat me in the overall game, guys. Uh, you can also <laughs> go oh, to... I can't believe you did that. Such a child. Uh, oh. You can <laughs> at Gridiron to interact with us on Twitter or our personal accounts, at Will Gav, at Ollie Hunter. Ollie, anything you'd like to add to the end of the show? Can we have a bit of Venetian snares to play us out? Wow. Now, that is a, a request that I think I can acquiesce to. Yes. Uh, otherwise, I don't think anyone else is going to like it. <laughs> no, this is this might be too much for all of you, but uh, let's give it a go and see what they think. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate uh, all of your stuff this season and everyone who's got in touch and everyone who has given us some great stuff on Twitter. Uh, and we will keep doing this through the off season. We've got great plans for the Super Bowl as well. It's going to be a lot of fun next week. Probably three shows because there's so much to get to with our award show as well uh, simon clancy at al should be back for that i'll ask one more time ollie any final things no and we're going to end this in the weirdest way humanly possible with some weird electronic music mm-hmm.